Yeah, so you can't write anything, any projects that are like, any rooms that are currently in, in you know, being written on, what, or any shows that are being written on, and then they call strike, you have to leave, and everybody goes home, no more writing. Um, any like, I think like live, you know, what's it called, talk shows and stuff, they have to, they can keep on going so long as nobody is writing anything, but like if they do all improvised uh, stuff, then that's allowed like unscripted um, stuff and yeah the latinos out loud podcast <laughs> you guys this is the part of the show here at latinos out loud where we interview someone amazing i've been saying this phrase for six years now but every time i say it it just feels so fresh because i mean it wholeheartedly one thousand one million gazillion gabillion percent i'm so excited to reintroduce her because she's been on the show before i call her a friend and a teacher because guys she was my teacher twice and she's still teaching me please put your hands together one time for tv writer georgie aldaco people Woo-hoo! texas in the building <laughs> except you're Hello. in new york hi yeah, georgie yeah, yeah. hi thank hi. you for having me again here we are again, again. um <laughs> Man, I love seeing you. It's so good to see you. And since the last time I saw you, which it's been years, as we reflected upon just now, a little behind the scenes before we hit record, the last time you were on Latinos Out Loud was alongside the amazing Joanna Hausman. Shout out to Joanna. I miss her so much. Um, And you came to us when we were at Univision Euphoria Studios in Midtown Manhattan on 39th Street and 3rd Avenue. We did a live event and you were there. It was so much fun. But since then, my, 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 those wings have really (laughs) taken you to some heights. I cannot (laughs) wait to talk about it. You are an acclaimed TV writer. You're an award-winning TV writer. I mean, you guys, the credits, (laughs) I just want to... You know, I want to do a little bit of your PR right now. So let me put on my okay, publicist. cool. This is my publicist voice. All right, I don't have time for the small talk, <laughs> sweetheart. All right, look, Georgie, Georgie's doing big things, sweetheart. Have a seat, all right? She's a TV writer. You may have seen her, her writing Koala Man, huh? Inside Amy Schumer, anybody? Yeah, you guys know Amy Schumer. Have a seat. Miracle Workers, Alternatino, all right? The Onion, She's the producer of Sketch Cram, Upright Citizens Brigade. You guys, the credits are incredible, and you deserve all these credits and more. I am so proud of you. I'm proud to just talk about you. I talk about you when you're not even in the room, which we oh, all got to Yeah, which we all got to do. But how are you feeling? You Do you sleep? Are, are you sleeping less? Or how are you keeping this balance with all these amazing shows that you're working on? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I sleep, I, I do, I do get, get the sleep in, um, thank God they haven't all been, you know, at the same time, so that's been helpful, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Could you imagine if that was your plate, like, everything oh, at once? Well, Jesus. what's your plate like? Can you describe your plato at Amy Schumer? What, what do you do there? Talk to us about your day-to-day. Uh, yeah, so I was a staff writer for the last season of Amy Schumer, um, uh hopefully we get another one but as of right now have not heard um and yes who is a staff writer so it's just like writing up ideas that you pitch to her or ideas that she has and she assigns to you 
Um, she comes in with stuff, you know, like sometimes she'll say, I want to do a sketch about whatever, about X thing, and then like come up with pitches and she'll like go from there. But um, she's like pretty open to like taking anything and like hearing any pitches and she was great. Uh, nothing but good things to say about Amy. She was like really generous with notes, really generous with like taking notes. Um, yeah, I like her a lot actually. We all do. She's doing such incredible things for women in comedy. We are still severely underrepresented, but with yeah. big voices like Amy Schumer and the writing team behind her, our voice gets elevated a little bit. So we love that. I mean, a lot of it. It's Amy Schumer. So this yeah. is exciting. So you were working hand in hand with the Amy Schumer actually taking her ideas and bringing them to life. So after you get the concept pitch, whether it's from someone in the room, like one of the writers or Amy, what's the next step? Are you guys developing scripts like Sketch Cram? Because guys, real <laughs> big shout out to Sketch Cram that I've been a part of a few times. Um, we should talk about what that is. It's exactly what it sounds like. We are putting together a sketch show under Georgie's supervision in one day. It's a cram. It's a cram till you get to the curtain. Um, but is that how it is? Like, how much time do you have to write? What's your process after you've got your marching orders from the Amy Schumer? Uh, it's definitely not sketch cram time. Like, sketch cram time is like, <laughs> oh, my God, I want to die afterwards. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, no, Schumer is like uh, everybody pitches. Uh, usually we're working on scripts. I think like for – like, we'll do like two – two or three rounds of pitching, um, but then she'll, her and the other showrunners will pick the ones that they want you to script up. So you script up those. Um, usually you turn them in the next day or the day after. They'll read through them. Um, and then, now I'm trying to remember, like, what exactly would happen. But, yeah, we had ample time to write stuff, and then we would read it, and then they would pick the ones they want to take to table. I like, then pitch out. There would be another round of pitches where we do the same thing. Um, but it was you know, like no, no real stress or anything. It's like pretty, pretty chill. I love that. So basically the UCB experience here, can you explain to us, does, did that tie in? Do you rely on that? Is that training that you are still utilizing in your career? Cause you not only, were you, were you a student at UCB as well as an instructor? Yeah, I was a student and then I was on the mod teams and then I taught at UCB. Yeah. So are you using that in your real-life jobs today? Because I, I asked that question, and we talked about it a little before. Like, when I was taking my UCB classes, and shout-out to you, Georgie, for being my 101 and 301 sketch writing <laughs> instructor, you're in the room, and you can get a feel for who's there earning stripes, who's there working towards the stripes on their uniform to then go out in the real world and seek writing positions like you did for Amy Schumer. So Mike, and but then you also in the room know who's there with like daddy's hedge fund money, like, or just <laughs> playing around to see if they could really be a comedian because, you know, at the bar last night, some girl was like, oh my God, you're so funny. You should be a comedian, you know? So there's those people um, and they get weeded out by 301 though because I have to say when I was in 301 it was more it was intense it was more like all right guys let's put our sketch writing brains together because we are sketch writers but like what are you using from that experience if anything today in the real world writers room um I think yeah I use a lot of uh stuff that you know at least starts to starts to be introduced to you 
um, when you take like classes and do stuff at UCB. Um, just how to structure a sketch, I think, is something that I, I mean, the sketch structuring game is like as, as annoying as it was to learn it, it is like very helpful for when you get a job. Uh, like, you know, you have to make your idea, you know, trans translate and understandable to people. Um, so yeah, learning that stuff was really important. Learning how to take notes, I think, is maybe even bigger. Learning how to work with people and like not be like, no, my idea is like 100% perfect. Don't change it. Like like that kind of thing. It's like, already funny. Stop trying to make it funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like not getting all, you know, in, in your feelings about like somebody being like, well, maybe add this to it. And yeah, just learning how to take notes and be a part of a team is helpful to know and to like, you know, get all that uh, whatever bad instincts out when you're not getting money for it is good. And have you ever had a sketch idea that you present to the writer's room and basically either gets scrapped or there's like a, like, I want to know about those challenges, if any, that you've faced in not just Amy Schumer's writer's room, but any other writer's room that you've been a part of where there have been challenges on maybe something that wasn't absorbed, that was maybe too cultural. You know, you're a Latina. I don't know if you write like a Latina. I write like a Latina. <laughs> and I write like a Latina that thinks that everybody knows about the Latinaness. But then when something comes out that it's like, excuse me, can someone explain what a platano is? You know, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe that's a little too Dominican. Like, have you faced any kind of barriers in the writer's rooms that you've been in? Um, I, I mean, I think I've been like pretty lucky in that I've like worked with a lot of people who, if they don't understand, they're like willing to like hear it out. Um, Which is how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've, I haven't had any like, buddy be like, I don't get it and just like shut up about it. Like there hasn't <laughs> been anybody that has done that to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish I had more to, not I wish cause oh God, that would be Oh terrible, no, I'm know, happy like, that you have, Yeah. <laughs> This is a really interesting because that shows that there's good movement in the right yeah. direction where in the past, you know, when Hollywood would not want to embrace something that's maybe hypercultural or like very honed in on being Dominican or being Mexican or being whatever. Now, maybe there's a willingness to learn about it, because guess what, guy, if we're bring or girl, if we're bringing that up in the writer's room, we think it's universally funny. So yeah. that's a good that's a good thing. Now I want to talk about your experience working on an animated series. Um, mm -hmm. Is Koala Man your first animated series, or or tell us about that? I uh, yeah, Koala Man was my first animated series. Um, go watch it on Hulu. <laughs> well, go please watch it. Um, showrunner was there, we had two showrunners, one of whom was an Latino as well, uh, Dan Hernandez. Um, so you'd be supporting, uh, so go watch Koala Man. Uh, and, uh, yeah, animation was my first time in an animated room, uh, very different than a live action room, but, um, you know, yeah, it was, it was also a very fun show to work for. Um, and I really appreciated my time there. What, if any, were some differences that you had in the writing process with an animated series versus writing for like humans? I think um, for animation, like one thing I didn't realize that is like so stupid, um, but you know, like you can't just say um, whatever it's at a, it's at a grocery store, you know, like, cause then the artist is like, 
well, like, what does it look like? As opposed to in live action, you can be like, it's at a grocery store and they'll bring you like three pictures of a grocery store. Like, which one do you want to use or whatever? Um, animation that like, is it is this what you see in your head? Or is this what you see in your head? Or is this what you see in your head? And you're like, uh, I just I just like grocery store. I don't know, like big grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> we've got bodega. We've got the Whole Foods kind of grocery store. And then we got we, your local mom and pop shop, like a Russian yeah. store out of Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. Um, yeah. That's what I'm familiar with. So that's where I went. Um, well, yeah, that's cool. that kind of thing. So you're working with like several different departments on an animated series, it sounds like. I think, I mean, like I didn't get to make the final calls, but those are our calls that our showrunners would make. But like they were really good about letting us go, you know, like take part in every part of the process that we wanted to participate in. They were super open about letting us sit in on notes, letting us sit on note calls, like hearing what the execs had to say. Um, so you'd also like get to know like why you can't put up something or like why, you know, why is, why does the A story not work for somebody? You're like, you get to hear that kind of thing. Um, which is all just like, so, so, so useful, um, to you as a writer. So thanks Jen and Benji for that. Awesome. And did you get to work with talent at all? I mean, I see Hugh Jackman on this cast. I'm like, hello, Hugh Jackman. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hugh, I never, I never sat in on his recording sessions. I only sat in on the recording sessions for, um, our show creator did a lot of the voices, Michael Cusack. Um, He did most of the voices. So we, so I sat in on his, his sessions, um, making the scratch tracks and stuff like that. Oh, that's fun. Is animated, uh, is that animated world a world that you want to like stay in or, or keep going in? I mean, yeah, I'm open to do, you know, doing anything always, all the time. Um, but yeah, animated was really fun. And just, you know, like, I did also have a perception that, um, you know, in animation, you can, if you imagine it, you can put it up, you know, like, whatever you imagine, you can put it up. But there were like some restrictions, like, crowds animate uh crowds are like a a big thing for animators where they're like that's a lot of people um can it be just five (laughs) (laughs) opposed to as opposed to us whom are like used to performing in front of the ucb theater or like you know big stages and stuff wow that's interesting okay yeah i think it's just like drawing crowds is hard hard on an animator because they have to like you know it's a lot of people they have to control so yeah Okay, and like, so talk to us about where you are now. Are you on a project right now? Is there anything you could tell us about or any exclusive? I would love to catch <laughs> up and see where you are current day. Yeah, um, right now I'm not, um, I'm between projects. Um, so like looking for the next one. Um, also, you know, this the strike is supposed to happen. So that might like slow stuff down everybody's very tentative right now and um, can we delve into that real quick everybody's talking about the writer's strike in may yeah there's a strike coming batten down the hatches buy liquids and take your money out of the bank it's like buy why, liquids i don't know it's like <laughs> y2k is coming again so the yeah. writer's strike is just gonna be the same kind of thing take all the money out of your bank hide your kids hide your wife get in the bunker. I don't know. Yeah. Just, people are really trying to scare. I'm a little scared because it's all yeah. I hear. So basically everyone's going to be out of work. Like is everybody getting a picket sign in the mail? Do we have to make our own? Like, should we meet up and create signs together? What the fuck is happening? Tell us about, well, how is this writer strike going to affect the world? Um, so 
Yeah, I think, I mean, production can go keep going on so long as nobody is writing anything for it. So, like, I, I think, like, punching up stuff would be against, like, if you were a writer punch, punching up stuff on a script, that would be considered crossing the picket lines, I think. This is my first strike, so I'm not 100% sure about all of this. Uh, <laughs> my first strike, oh, my God. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Uh, Oh, what's, what's like, I don't know if, uh, who's on Colbert, if Colbert did, um, just like no written monologue and was just kind of like talking, that would be allowed. Um, so we may see shows reformat during this writer's strike. I mean, possibly, possibly, I guess it depends. Like I thought for the last strike, there, there was like a lot of, um, Maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly, but like in 2008 when the first one happened, which I was obviously not a part of, I like was just I was thinking I was like still in college or something. But um, there was a lot of uh, hosts who got either like support or like negative press from or either support or like writers like talking about them based on whether or not they how much they supported their staffs in the strike, whether if they like went on with their show like as like trying to be as usual as as possible then people were a little bit upset i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure about that i think there was like a thing with ellen standing on a star and that being her only support and people were kind of upset about it oh well, i don't know <laughs> well thanks for sharing no it's because everybody's talking about it and i want to use this platform to get some deets you know yeah um so we can clarify and what consumers can expect they may see some shows making some quick structural changes due to the absence of writers. So LOLeros out there, pay attention. You know what I'm saying? This is this is a world topic, right? This is going to affect more people than you know. Yeah, and I think also with the the stuff that we're trying to get is like fighting for stuff that would be beneficial particularly to uh, all all people of color, um, you know, like there's these mini room situations now. Um, where like it's a lot less people that are getting staffed and a lot of people that also are underrepresented and then so what ends up happening is you end up like being a staff writer like forever and ever as opposed to climbing and being promoted to the next thing or like learning how to do the producer job because the rooms are so short you don't get that opportunity um, so it's like it is something that's going to impact if you wanted to be a, a writer and you were a person of color then um, you would definitely be in favor of, you know, extending their, you know, like the stuff that we're trying to fight for, which is among other things, you know, trying to like find a way for these mini rooms to work in a positive way or be scrapped entirely. Um, and, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. 
Now, I would like to dial into your live show production world. You're still out there producing shows, right? There's She Said, She Said. Um, maybe you can tell us about that. And are you still doing Sketch Cram? Or is that on pause? Yeah, both of those shows are on pause because I was working and I didn't have, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of energy and, and time to, to produce a show and do it well and not like just, you can't, I mean, you could, I guess, just show up that day, but it wouldn't be a good show. Um, so yeah, but Sketchcram hopefully will come back soon. Um, but we're all in such different, um, we're in different areas of, of stuff now that it's hard to do it. And also with the pandemic, another thing that happened for the live show anyway, was, um, we, you know, like we would, you know, we were squatting where we could, you know, like we would show up at Fordham and use that place. We would use the onion offices and, Post-pandemic, everybody's very cautious about people going into spaces and stuff like that. So you can't, they or they won't just let you go in and use their university anymore unless you like are a student there or there's like some way for them to assure that you're not bringing in COVID, which is, I guess, impossible. But also there's just like a lot of a lot more things that we would have to get around that we probably couldn't get around. I'm so thankful to Sketch Crambo. I, I did it a few times and it just really, it works parts of your brain. There's pressure. Uh, a lot of people say they work best under pressure. I think I work best um, in different scenarios, but with Sketch Cram, it worked muscles that, you know, I don't think have been worked with that amount of pressure on them. You know, like it's one thing to work the muscle with five pounds of weight, you know, on the free yeah. weight, but it's another thing to work the muscle with like a hundred pounds um, yeah. of free weights. And I tell you guys, like, I know that moment distinctly, vividly. I remember being in like behind the curtain of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Hell's Kitchen and just like, really understanding and grasping that I received those scripts that morning, you know, like the writer. <laughs> Not even worked. that morning. You got it like at the afternoon. What, at, yeah. You got yeah. it like 7 p.m. I think is when we would That's do them right. <laughs> You guys were writing in the morning and then the actors show up right in the afternoon yeah. and the writers and Georgie they're all, and the directors are just like, here you go. You've got this script and this script and this script. Here's your highlighter. Have a seat. Learn your lines. <laughs> and you're there like cramming. It reminds me of college it reminds me of the regents exams here in new york state i would cram for the freaking earth science regents <laughs> test and the freaking algebra and all this shit using like the baron's notes and all the like you know cliff notes and everything all the like notes um but there's nothing like that feeling after the show where you're like I can't believe what we just did. Yeah. <laughs> I think both times I was a performer in Sketch Cram, we all hugged after the show. You yeah. brought together a group of strangers. Sometimes, like, I knew one or two of the heads, but sometimes, like, I didn't know anybody, but all of a sudden, we're family. All of a yeah. sudden, like... You know how they say in comedy, you just got to get on stage and have each other's back. You know, you listen, I got your back, I got your back. This is like, have your back 
times a thousand. This is like, I have your back, I have your front, I have your top and bottom. Because (laughs) there are lines that are sometimes missed. I mean, for Christ's sake, we've only had these scripts for a few hours. But it's really important to listen to each other and truly have each other's back. So if somebody is starting to like slip down the mountain, I got you, boo-boo, get on my back. Let's go back up this mountain together and make people laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, that to me taught me just so much that I tap into today. Camaraderie, teamwork, being unified on stage. Also, before a show, like it's really important for me to connect with my castmates. Um, and sketch cram, that was a necessity. I remember both times we were backstage, we're holding hands, we're like, break legs, break legs, I got your back, I got your back on another level. And then when those curtains open, it's showtime, baby. It's showtime, baby. And whether you know your lines or not, <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta, you go. gotta it's, go. It's midnight. Get on stage. <laughs> Yo, but that feeling is intense. I'm so thankful to you because there's like nothing out there that I know of in New York City like sketch cram. I do hope you bring it back one day or at least pass the torch. Let somebody yeah. else do that because it's training day. You know, Denzel Washington, you go learn yeah. today. Oh, yeah. I learned that day both times. And, you know, just being being around you is such a gift. You have truly, oh. I, I mean, I'm going to take this opportunity on my podcast to tell you how thankful I am because you've taught me so many tips and tricks and things that I'm using today to get ahead in my career. So I'm uber thankful. Are you still teaching in any capacity? Are you an instructor or do you have like mentees or are you, because st- I hope you are. I hope you've, you're still able to you know, shed some light because you've got some great experience under your belt at this point too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not teaching at UCB currently or at anywhere currently just because, you know, like I was, I was on staff and stuff and um, it was hard to commit, like to know if I would be available to go into, to do a class. Um, so, so I haven't been teaching uh, at a, at a place, but um yeah, I've ta- I've you know like if people like reach out and ask for notes, I'll I do that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like where my teaching experience is right now because I just I haven't, you know, it's it's good to it's good to work. Uh, obviously, uh, the only thing is that sometimes you have to like step away from other stuff. That yeah, you are is fun to do like sketch crime, which I also really uh, enjoy doing. It was so helpful for me, like when I. I didn't like start off as a producer like I started off as just like you know a person who did it and eventually I like, became a producer director of it um but yeah it was so helpful for me to learn just like um that you can do it in a short amount of time you know like because I'm you know like sometimes you're like I only have a month and then you and then like other times and then you like do sketch them and you're like I only have a, a few hours. like yeah yeah like <laughs> oh, of course I can do a month <laughs> yeah Yeah, that's true. That's a really great like viewpoint because I also, you know, produce sketch shows still. And even when I have like a month and a half of planning, I'm like, but wait, check myself because we've done sketch cram together. So it's doable. Wow. Um, I never really did that compare contrast thing. (laughs) Thanks for that. Um, Okay. I want to ask some more personal questions before we wrap this Interview. Okay. All right. This is where I confess to like all kinds of. <laughs> I love this. Ooh, what do you want to confess? No. How about oh I let God. you lead this? All I mean... the crimes I've done. 
go ahead, forgive me, loca. Have you sinned? I would love to give forgiveness. It's not religious, but I will give you forgiveness. I'm, ha- I'm happy to. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So, Georgie, talk to everybody about how you got your start. Like, how did you know? Did you know that you wanted to be a TV writer? When did that lightning bolt, when did that, like, light bulb appear above your head? Um. No, I started off wanting to... I. I went to college thinking I was going to be like a Tim Burton-esque director. I really loved like Beetlejuice. This was before he was kind of an asshole and crazy. This was just like Peter Herman, Beetlejuice. That's the vibes that I was like really like loving. Um, so I wanted to do movies like that, direct movies like that specifically. Um, and I also had like animation thoughts that I was like, maybe I'll look into animation. Um but uh, animation, uh, like doing the actual animating is um, not fun. Not It's like cool to design stuff, but like it's very, you know, it's like, what is the word? Like, you know, like very detail oriented and it takes forever to actually like be the person animating. So I'm so thankful that like I don't have to do that part. Like I love to look at it, but I don't like to make it. Um, uh, so that, that's what I had started to do in college. But then I took a, you had to take a writing course um, as like a part of your your requirements to graduate. So I took a writing comedy class. Um, oh. And that's, you know, that's where it got addicted to the laughs. Um, you know, once you get it, it's hard to be like, I don't want it anymore. No, you're just like, I want, please give me more. I love, <laughs> I love this. Um, so I started to do comedy writing um, and like, like applied to a fellowship at Comedy Central that was like a Chris Rock uh, fellowship where he would like, he, he did, he like had just put us together and it was for um, people of color to go to Comedy Central and they would like show you like all the departments and you'd like spend a week in each department. Um, it was a paid internship. He like specifically made it a paid internship. Amazing. He was kind of backing. Um, and that was, you know, just further made me like, yes, comedy is the way to go. Somebody told me about UCB while I was there. Um, and so I started to take classes at UCB. Um, and then I just like, you know, (laughs) really liked it, stuck around it. Like the philosophy made, you know, like, like just, I think like, like planning stuff is probably like a, you know, like in, 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 you know, acting stuff, like planning stuff is, if you plan it too much, it's like very hard to like, for it to seem real and you don't get that, um, that like, you don't feel anybody's frustration or intensity or whatever. Um, so like traditional acting, like never really worked for me. I've always felt like a robot, you know? Um, but in improv, I thought it was like a lot easier to just like, wait till they say something. And then you say something back. Like you can't plan what your response is just like in real life. You can't plan a response. Like if you're planning a response as an actor, then you can't, it's because it's just going to read fake. Um, so yeah, I, I stuck around at UCB, started doing writing stuff there. Um, and then from there I had a like that was years of being at UCB. Um, eventually I got on mod and stuff. And one of our directors um, for my mod team ended up, he worked a lot with Simon Rich um, and he was working on Simon Rich's show, Miracle Workers. And he told Simon about me. And so Simon asked me to submit for the second season of his show, Miracle Workers. And that was my first official job as a writer. Okay, I love that because that really crystallizes. Yes, it's who you know, but you get to know these people by busting your ass. Yeah, yeah, you I knew got that. To I knew. work. 
Yeah, I knew this guy who submitted me. Yeah, I knew him for years before he uh, submitted me. (laughs) They always say that, oh, it's who you know and you got to like be in the right room. Yes, I agree with y'all. But to get to that room, you got to work. Yeah, for sure. Everything that Georgie just talked about. Okay, now, um, to that I say yes and. Now I'd like to play okay. a game. All okay, right. a quick little game. Uh-huh. This this game is called 5, 10, 15. And what this game is, I know, weird, right? It's not a lottery game. I'm not going to pull up a number like Yolanda Vega. No. Okay. Um, I don't even know if she does the lottery anymore, but... <laughs> I don't think she does. I Maybe she does, I don't know. This yeah. is Yolanda Vega. Anyway, <laughs> 5, 10, 15 is simple. The game is, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And dun, 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 where do you see yourself in 15, 15 years, years, oh, years, God. years? I add my own echo because we can't afford the tools uh-huh. here yet. Um, so I do my own audio yeah. stuff. You don't have one okay. of those little soundboards that, you know, adds in. Boo, 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 boo. No, we do not have a soundboard. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one day I'd like to have a board of sounds. Um, maybe somebody could fund that for us. Uh, uh-huh. Not sure. But that's okay. I We could do our own type of sound effects here. We need trumpet. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So we're playing 5, 10, 15 here with Georgie Aldaco. So let's start with five. Georgie. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? Oh, God. Um, five years from now. I mean, this is, like, ideal, you know, like the like dream scenario, I guess. Oh, yeah. Here's so your magic is. wand. Here. Okay. <laughs> I just passed her a magic wand, people, through okay. Zoom. Okay. Um, I would love to show run my own show, you know, like have something that I created on air. That would be, that would be great to, to write and act in it. I guess would be number one. Yes. And now, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Ow, 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 ow. Um, you know, I think I'm going to follow the, the Chandra Rhymes track and just be, it'll be like, however many shows she has, like five, four, I don't know. She's got like so many. Chandra <laughs> Land. Okay. <laughs> Georgie Land. Here we come. And now the big, I mean, not that like, I mean, 15 is, I should have said like 5, 10, 20, but I went with 15. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see yourself in 15 years from now? Ow, 15? ow, ow. Um, okay, maybe like get into get into movies. We'll get an Oscar in there, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, there. That's how we go. Those are some great answers. Now, I want to just shout out real quick before we part. Congratulations on the Writers Guild of America. You took home the award for writing on Inside Amy Schumer. This was really fun getting inside the brain of Georgie Aldaco right now. I would love for you to close out this episode with giving some words of advice to the young Georgies out there. The little Georgiecitas that are starting, <laughs> that maybe they were still in college and they're like, uh, I'm like a chemistry major, but I really like my comedy writing class. Like, you know, what are some words of advice that you have for her now that you're where you are? Um, I think, ooh, that's, I mean, there's like a book to write for, for me as a paranoid person as a as a teen um, we would love but, uh, to read a book by you just saying we would love okay, to you read know a book throw that into the 15 years perfect in there. get it in there got it um uh i think uh you know just don't be afraid of the stupid ideas um like sometimes that's like this 
Like, if you're like, oh, only I would think of that. Like, okay, good. Like, great. That's like, that's where it's at. Like, that, if you're the only one that could think of this and just be able to communicate it to us, then that would, that's like, you know, that's where the fun is. Um, if you're the only one that can do it and you show it to us and we haven't seen it before and we get it completely, great. There it is. You guys, please throw your scripts in the air one time for Georgie Aldaco. <laughs> you can follow her on the gram at Georgie, G-E-O-R-G-I-E, Aldaco, A-L-D-A-C-O. Please catch her work on Hulu right now, on Koala Man, Inside Amy Schumer. Please follow this Latina. I cannot wait to see what's to come because so far it's pretty exciting watching you from afar. We're so proud of you. Please come back again. When you come back a third time, Time, I will have a velvet coat for you with your name and maybe a toaster. Okay? We'll oh, a toaster? That, no, that's what I want. Hey, I'm we got big for. budgets here. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, we got toaster budgets. Um, you know, like the banks used to give out toasters to like the clients. I'm I don't remember that. What? I think I got a toaster from the bank. I think it's like, you know, something that was like written into like 70s sitcoms and stuff. I think back in the day, like banks used to give you gifts for like opening up Christmas accounts and stuff, you know, like a toaster or like some kind of like nice thing instead of a TD Bank pen that breaks two days after you steal it. Okay, guys, thank you so much, Georgie, for coming on the show, for taking the time. I'm so proud of you as a friend. Um, it's just really nice to watch what you're doing because oh, so, thank you and thank so you for cool. having me on uh, thank you for putting this show together for doing this you know like shouting out Latinas and Latinos you know just it's like such an important thing to do and I'm so thankful that you're out there you know letting people know about all of this thank you Georgie this is great. All right, LOLeros, you know what it is. Follow us at We Are Latinos Out Loud across the socials. Give us a call, 978-LATINOS. It's no big whoop. Give us a call. Leave a voicemail. You want to say something to Georgie? I will forward her the voice note. So um, thank you for listening. On that note, we're out. <laughs>